What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But all cough. Hey, B. Hey. Not the finest uh, showing by either Haberman or Middlecoff in the uh, DraftKings games this weekend, which is good. I mean, somebody else, listeners won. And that's what I... That's yeah. What we're, uh. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 guy, I've been telling people, join our games. I, I know from a fact I will. Guy, every once in a while, sneak up on you. I will give you my $10. So, I mean, I, there's a chance. I'm not even going to look. I finished... 99th and 49th. Like, it couldn't have gotten any worse. One guy, I think, in the golf game didn't do a lineup. Or maybe it was a football game. He'd just forgotten. So, I I, I mean, I was terrible. Uh, let's I, see. I'm bad at fantasy. I fucking hate fantasy. Three How guy, about that? Three guys. No, I do. In the, I love playing DraftKings. I do, too. Three guys in the football game didn't draft a lineup. In the football game. Where I'm 48th. Didn't see where you were. Sorry. And uh, this, this is why, guy, I, I was always of, against 28th it. 28th out of 50 in golf for me. And it's much more conducive now doing the daily fantasy. I mean, I love DraftKings. I mean, they're, they're, I'm invested in them in the stock market. I love them as partners. I'm just so terrible at their product. Like, I follow this stuff for a living. I, I spend so much time watching, reading, talking to friends in the NFL. I have zero advantage. Honestly, I am a negative advantage. And then I... <laughs> I've dated girls that have won their fantasy leagues. Like it's not, it's not like if I just got, if Tom Brady retired tomorrow and he's like, he knew me and was like, Hey bro, can I join your fantasy league? There'd be no luck. He'd win any games if he played in all of our games. Right. Having knowledge doesn't help. It's a little NCAA tournament ish. That's not what you say when you win, when you win, you're like, I'm just pushing all the right buttons. Congrats to uh, M. Johns, 33, on the football. He was the first of 10 places placed for money. He won $225, or she. And then uh, on golf, Matt Garrett, uh, we only had 50 in that. We only made a 50-person game for golf because we're still waiting for it to heat up. 135 bucks for the first of five people that made money uh, in golf. Right now, sign up with code HAM. Sign up with code HAM. You're shot at millions of dollars in prizes with DraftKings. Do it right now. We love our friends at DraftKings. Uh, UFC is heating up. Obviously, football. We have. Wait, I there's don't know, UFC DraftKings. The N- 
Uh, they do DraftKings, yeah. NFC, uh, AFC uh, championship games this weekend. No big deal. So we'll do a big. You want to do a big hundred person game this week, maybe? Yeah, that one. Let's do it. We'll do a big game for that. And uh, yeah, just get in. Uh, download oh. the DraftKings now and uh, promo code HAM and a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code HAM to get a free shot at a million dollars. Do you it know right what now. I'm going to do? I'm going to spice this week up. I'm not going to make a game because there will be three people in it. I'm going to play a college basketball DraftKings game this week. I'm going to. I, I, I absolutely could. <laughs> All right. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Ease. Ease. Promo code HAM or promo code HAM10 if you're a returning user. Promo code HAM, first time users, 20 bucks off your first order, $50 or more. What have we been telling everyone, guy? Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Go to EAZE.com, type in promo code HAM if you're a first time user, or tell them if they're a first time user. They get $20 off a purchase of $50 or more. If you're a returning user, you use HAM10, get yourself a little 10% discount, topicals, edibles, pre rolls, vapes, uh, you name it, they got it. Just go check it out. They, they got a sweet little menu. Number one delivery. I don't know, in America, definitely in the state of California, all over the place, delivered to your house. Does it get any better no, than that? Delivered to your house? It doesn't get any better than that. Just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Bing, bang, boom. It's delivered to your house or your hotel or your Airbnb or your, your van. Wherever you're posted up, you just give them the closest. To, you park in the Safeway parking lot. You tell them that's where you are. Though. You don't have to do that, though. 2021. Go, you don't have to hang out in the parking it. lot behind a dumpster. Taco Bell. Nope. This is all legit. <laughs> no. Yeah. Promo code ham or promo code ham10, ease.com. Go check it out. Deshaun Watson. It started like any other disgruntled uh, player story starts. They're not happy. This one has not fizzled out. This one's only picked up steam. Deshaun tweeted, I was at a two, now I'm at a 10. Uh, and he's not talking about like the glow up after he got his braces off. It, I yeah. mean, this this has some legs to it, John. It definitely feels like it's real. You know, I think sometimes there's a momentum behind stuff. Let's use Stafford, for example. I love the Stafford conversation. In no world has it been leaked out Stafford wants out, <laughs> that uh, Dan Campbell wants to get rid of him, <laughs> that this dude from the Rams is going to trade him. Like, again, it's it's my favorite topic, and I hope he's a 49er. It's it's beyond unrealistic because it feels like it's very Twitter-forced. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I'm going to keep riding it. This one, to me, is like more than legs. I mean, Schefter continues to come out with stories. There is a assault, as Schefter once said, on Jack Easterby and the ownership there in the Texans. Like right now, to me, we've seen it before. The Niners have been in this when they've had the target on their back, and it just people come, yep. and they are firing. And there are clearly some edgy people out there, some pissed-off people, and they're coming. And I think Deshaun is one of those, not necessarily like he's he's like a scorned lover, like maybe Bill or one of his former staffers is, but he's just pissed off at the situation. And it does feel like, I mean, guy, Mortensen or Schefter wrote today, like there's a chance he's played his last snap in Houston. Like, I just don't think that stuff's getting random. That has not been said about Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan or any of these other trades we're talking about. This one does... I wouldn't even call it an NBA vibe because I think he just thinks, you guys, this place is so fucked up. And in fairness to Deshaun, he's seen greatness, right? He was at Clemson when, like, he knows what just high-level shit looks like. He's a high-level guy. I think he just wants off the boat. He's you know, thinking, like, let me jump away. Yeah. But he has to be traded. It is a little complicated, right? Yeah. He's not in full control. But he can, 
I do think he could force his way out a little bit, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what's he willing to do? It helps him that, I think it does help him, right, that the organization's turning over, Nick Casario coming in, don't have a first-round pick. Like, it helps him that you could view this as a situation where if you're Nick Casario, I wouldn't or, do it. Or second. It. Or second. But, I, you know, you understand, like, okay, fresh start. I think it doesn't hurt. The Houston Texans play where? Houston. The Houston Rockets also yeah. play there. And say what you want about James Harden, whether he was right or wrong. The recipe is pretty simple, right? It, you, you just make it impossible for them to keep you around. They can't keep you around. Now, in fairness to Deshaun, he hasn't shown yeah, up out of shape. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is unfair to compare. Well, well, was he just bloated because he lost like five pounds? You see the pictures or 20 pounds? You know, that's pretty crazy how that works. I, I know. It's maybe it was, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was wearing like an extra layer underneath like they do in the movies, yeah. like a fake, fake uh, pregnant baby thing. But yeah. um, it's out there. I mean, is there some element to this where, you know, we look back and go, Bill O'Brien, Deshaun might have hated him, and maybe rightfully so. We don't really know. But the guy, seven years, was over 500, the Houston Texans. Like, maybe Bill O'Brien was not the dysfunctional part of that organization. Maybe he was. Maybe he was, and it was. And the fact that the organization was dysfunctional allowed for the Bill O'Brien situation. Once you trade DeAndre Hopkins, I could understand how you're pretty upset if you're Deshaun Watson. But the fact is, what we're getting at is this does feel real. It does feel like maybe there's a path. And then, like, there's a story that pops up that the Texans have been thinking about what they could get for him. Like, they're open to listening. Please call us. Let me, re- let me read you a line from Schefter's story. One source told ESPN's Sarah Barshop, never heard of her, but she's in on some stories, that the Texans have had internal conversations about possible trade partners and what their quarterback position would look like in the future without Watson. And I, you go, well, I, I think even sometimes you'd be like, that's probably not true. You go, it's a dude from the Patriots. They're pretty ruthless. It is believable, right? You go, most ruthless organization, probably ever, uh, hires one of his minions that was with Belichick, I don't know, 20 years? The dude has been there since 02. Every one of those, like everything we talk about Belichick ruthless, the motherfuckers had an office there. So say what you want. Like, I know he's only been kind of the right-hand man for like the last decade, but I've been in these buildings. The Patriots have a small staff to begin with. If you're just inside... And they're just, it's, you're in the mix. Like, you just kind of start getting it, right? Yeah, yeah. And by the mid-2000s guy, he was like a position coach. This guy has seen it all. And I, I I would say it's very possible if if he just could get a haul for it and just could pivot. Well, and that's the thing, And right? to get you're, happiness, because they're big on culture, right? Yeah, apparently. You're talking about Ruthless, like Ruthless. Not Easterby, but Casario. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> ruthless is like... You might just be getting rid of a guy when you don't get anything back. This is something else entirely because of what you said. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted the Jets could send him three first-round picks because the Jets have, what, five first-round picks over the next three years, so they could easily send three of them. Obviously, Miami, there's been all the – Miami keeps coming up because Deshaun apparently likes what they're doing, what Flores is doing. And he loves the idea of no state income tax. I mean, it's hard to go from an income, a no income tax state to an income tax state if you're Deshaun. It's where on the Niners, he uh, might yeah. be like, can I can I fly in from Reno? Is there an island that uh, belongs to some other state well, nearby that I can live it, on? Well, in what world, if you were making that type of money, would you be cool with going from zero to 13%? Like, that's a large it's, chunk of money on a Especially lot of money. when you have other options, right? Especially when you can look at Miami and say, this is where I think it's really hard for the Niners on... Su- it, to me, 
it's hard for the Niners on almost every front. It's hard for the Niners on, they're not the only place that could use a quarterback that Deshaun would want to go. Like the one thing where it works for the Niners is Deshaun could look at Kyle Shanahan and say, I'd like to play for that guy, right? That's reasonable. But he yes. could look at Robert Sala and think that, I guess. He could look at, certainly he could look at the, the Dolphins and think that. Um, and he's got a no trade clause, which makes it easier for him to dictate terms like Trent Williams did when Washington wanted to trade him to Minnesota and he's wanted to go to the 49ers, whatever. Are you trading him? Are you trading him into the AFC? I know you got to take the best offer, but but I mean, I mean you you got to take the best offer that he like you got to get the best offer. I know you don't want to do that, but you're so far away. I, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like if you're the Texans, you're not competing for the championship next year. No, maybe Belichick's like don't. Well, I don't. I don't, here, I don't think the the Niners have no shot against Miami. Or the well, they Jets. don't. Ha- they don't. Those two teams. They involved. don't have the picks, right? Well, because no. Miami can send Houston back their pick. And the Jets have yeah. the second pick. So the Niners, if everyone put their picks on the table, if everyone agreed three three ones and two twos, the Niners' picks aren't as good. No. And, you know, again, Deshaun, if he can kind of control this, uh, it's... it's I, I, I also think when you're Miami or the Jets and you do three ones, it's easier to stomach knowing you still have other ones. I think exactly, with the Niners, yeah. there's like trepidation in that one. You're like, is this crazy? Couldn't we just find a guy in the draft like Kyle that I I get back to, I have a hard time closing my eyes and envisioning them. And when I think of the Belichick guys, guys go out and not in like they don't, they're not on the other end of the trade. They're sending Chandler Jones for a second. They're sending mankins for picks. They're, they're getting Richard, Richard sermon, or I mean, Richard Seymour, you know? And I do think last year, the Kyle showed he did that for Buckner. And I, I do wonder, like, and I know it's like you got to do it if you if you got the shot. I don't know if that's always true, you know. And I, I know this guy's young, and I really like him. And one, we're assuming that he'd want to come to the Niners now, based on these other teams. And that's not, I don't think we can assume that because he does control the process. I think it's fair to say that he'd be crazy if he didn't want to come if they wanted him. But I, I do just, I have a hard time seeing Shanahan doing that type yeah. of move. For a guy who's already under contract, contract hasn't even kicked in. I mean, already under a massive contract. Contract technically hasn't kicked in yet. Uh, I just, it's not as black. Like, if this was the NBA, it'd be a no-brainer for them. But I, I do think in football, when you have an offensive coach, I, I don't know if it would be 100% the right move. I, I don't know if I'd love it if you told me it took three ones and a two to get them. Like, that's that's a lot for a team that doesn't have any wiggle room, that it's it's... Every season would be minimum playoff game. Like, guy, he was winning a playoff game in Houston. It was a debacle. Like, you, it would be like making legit runs or it's a failure. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be pretty intense that way because you your margin for error moving forward would be slim. Here's the other one, if I'm Deshaun. I, this one, I'm watching the game Sunday thinking about this. How, Sean Payton all of a sudden is going to need a quarterback. I mean, if you're Deshaun, I, that's another team I'd go, I, I could play for that guy. I'm not sure yeah, what Louisiana state income tax is and their picks suck. Yeah. But if you control the process to some degree, he yeah. just ha- he has too many places that make sense, which is the case when you're really good. The, the, the one thing the Niners and the Dolphins do offer is a quarterback coming back. And depending on who the coach is for the Texans, just them and the Eagles don't have a coach. I, I think it's fair to say that it's a very good chance that it's Brian Dable or Josh McDaniels. Both those two guys have connections to Jimmy. Yeah. And I would say both those two guys, definitely Josh. 
I mean, Casario is going to have an opinion, would have an opinion on Tua. So there is something of like, you just need a quarterback. Dable's like, you know, and they, those, Dable, Dable would be like, so my guy that I just coached had that arm, and you want me to coach one of these guys? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like it's trending to. If he gets traded, like, I, I would imagine he goes to Miami. That's another element, right? I do not, I do not envision the Niners getting him. That and what well, you just if Dable if you're Dable maybe part of your job is like hey man I'm gonna come talk to you Deshaun so I'm gonna spend all my time talking about that hypothetical. What's well, funny? My neighbor asked me about Deshaun today. <laughs> He's like, hey man, what yeah. what's going on, Deshaun Watson? And it's, I didn't even think about it till you said it. But in the in the end, my takeaway was, you know, I'd ra- I would just trade the 12th pick for Stafford. And you're right. There's no there's like zero evidence <laughs> that Dan yeah. Campbell's interested in that, but. Back to the AFC, uh, back to the NFC Championship game, I should say, for the first time, not the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, for the first time, uh, and it comes the same week that he commented on a Joe Montana Instagram story that he loved the 49ers. So it just, you know, has you thinking about what might have been. Uh, I mean, if you, if I told you before the year, fifty, what over fifty percent or lower than fifty percent, Brady's in the NFC Championship game. What have you, what would you have said? I I mean I guess I probably would have taken under. I mean I thought they were going to be a playoff yeah. team. I would have taken under. But to, yeah, I mean if you would have told me they're a wild card, that means they got to win multiple games to get there. Hell, they've had to play both the games on the road. It's I mean they went twelve years the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really without sniffing the playoffs. They get Tom Brady and they feel. I haven't thought too much about this upcoming game. I know they already played the Packers. I don't know if you can put, we just saw with the Saints, I don't think you can put too much emphasis on anything that happened in the regular season once you get this late. But I do think there are going to be a lot of people picking Tampa Bay this week. You know, like, you're going to bet on Tom going in on the road in the cold. You just watch them. Their defense is good. Their team is good. No crowd but again. Yeah, it just, he, he made a couple near mistakes, but he also had a couple balls dropped on him. Uh, I, I think when you just watched him and Drew Brees at the same time, it was clear like one guy's holding on for dear life. The other guy's old, but he's still pretty good. Like I, maybe Tom's not like peak five years ago when he was old, but still really elite good. But I, th- I watch him and go, this guy's still like a Pro Bowl level player, don't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do think that. I, I thought the throw he made to Chris Godwin. Like the, like the, thir- like the third Pro Bowler, not like sure, the first but like the throw right. he made to Chris Godwin that Godwin couldn't hold on to the back of the end zone. I mean, it's just... Yeah, none of his fault. What about the Gronk the throw was incredible. The like a guy in his chest. What about the Gronk one? The Gronk one in the corner of the end zone on the little, on the, on the flag route that I, I bet, and I tweeted this, they've run that route for 10, a decade, right? That, that play. From that yard line, they 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 did it again a little later in the game, but instead of going to the end zone, Gronk stopped and he was wide open. Like th- those two would be like Draymond and Steph showing up to play two on two again. Like th- th- those two speak the same language. Tom quarterback and Drew did it on a touchdown. Quarterbacks just put a ball on a point. They don't like look where the wide receiver. That's why you practice. And I just wonder if Gronk's maybe a step slower. I thought a couple times my, exactly my, that. My point is Brady's ball placement yeah. is just is borderline perfect on some of these throws. That Godwin play, I think I have my fantasy team. I thought it was a great throw, and I thought he almost had it. It wasn't a I touchdown. Know. But I did think a couple times Brady's putting the ball where, where maybe younger Gronk would have gotten it. Um, but now, yeah. here's the deal. So the Bucs are 4.100 dogs right now at my bookie uh, to the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win. But 
There are four teams left. Of the four teams, the one with the greatest quarterback of all time has the longest odds to win the Super Bowl. By far. What is it? The Chiefs are plus 220. The Packers are plus 220. The Bills are plus 275. The Bucks are plus 400. Okay. <laughs> to win Super Bowl 55, January 24th, one o'clock. They are they one are o'clock. a little reckless no, no, and a little. One o'clock. They're they're a little penalty riddled riddled at times. Their talent is undisputable, right? I mean, they got wide receivers. They're running backs. Rojo looks like a dude. How about Lenny Len, Lenny Fournette running his right. ass off? De- Devin they White. You think Mayock and Gruden? Yeah. Do you think Do you think those guys would like to have that one back? Well, did you hear the, How the about Leonard Winfield Jr.? I know. How about the Leonard Fournette stat that just like Leonard's always got 300 carries. This year he's got 90 or whatever the numbers are, right? That he's just a lot fresher than the normal. I think I think Lenny and Rojo just look like a good little one-two punch. Great don't nicknames you? too for your backs. I <laughs> I give you know. I think there were a few places Brady could have gone and had success. The Niners would have been one, but for this franchise, as weird as the jersey looks, and as weird as the jersey looks on him, he. He's a game away from taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl. And if he does it, he's going to have to be- beat Rodgers after Aaron's having one of the greatest seasons ever. Like, it would be pretty legendary Aaron. to go to Green Bay, beat that. Pa- Again, I wish, you know, crowd. But to beat that team? Imagine if the Bills beat the... There, there were some, fa- there yeah, were yeah, some fans. Be, you're right. Bowling. They actually look pretty full relatively. But, yeah. I mean, John, if the Bills beat the Chiefs, which... Whatever we could talk about that, but are, would the buck? Is there a scenario where the Bucks would be favored? It feels like they wouldn't be, but you're saying if the Bucks Bills, I'm just saying if the like Bucks beat the favorite? Packers, is Brady going to be an underdog in the Super Bowl, regardless of who he the plays? Kansas City, Kansas. I think Kansas City. He's an underdog. I think the Bills pick him. Maybe it feels Bucks like if slightly you beat favored? the Packers on the road, you should get a little more credit. What do you think of this analogy? I've watched I watched the Tiger documentary yeah, the I first did too. part. And it was uh I, and I watched this other thing uh over Corona where they went basically highlights on Golf Channel of all of his victories. And there is a stretch from like 97 to 2001 that you just I mean that's 20 plus years ago you forget you're like holy shit. This guy is the perfect golfer. And I think it's rare like in sports like maybe there was a moment like Michael Jordan was the perfect basketball player. I'd say it rarely happens. In baseball, maybe like Mike Trout is the perfect baseball player, but the problem is in baseball, you can be a perfect player and it doesn't equate to winning like it would in basketball, golf, or quarterback. And I'm watching Rodgers yesterday thinking, this guy is, is just the master of his domain. <laughs> like, I, he's never played better. He might not be as physically quite as gifted as maybe like the 11 season when he was probably a little quicker. Maybe his arm was a little faster. But just his complete control was like, Brandon Staley, who just got a job, you got no fucking chance against this guy right now. And part of it, I think, uh, one knock I remember McCarthy used to get, on the irony is he they nailed us my first year in Philly when they beat us in the playoffs and they won the Super Bowl. He, he didn't run the ball very well. Part of it, they never had great running backs. But James Starks in that game, I think, ran for like 150 yards in the game against us, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. But for the most part of Rodgers' career... It probably was the NFL version of like, I won't say the air raid because it was a higher level of that, but they were spread it out and they had sweet wide receivers. It was like Jordy, Randall, Greg Jennings, they draft Devontae, pretty wide receiver led 
operation, right? And they're tight ends. Now, last two years, what'd they do? Well, we're going Shanahan run game. 26 wins later, Rodgers embraces it this year. I think the love thing pissed him off. I, I just think he's playing. I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen just like his mannerisms. I'm like, this is the best version of quarterback I've ever seen live. And again, I think Brady's the best quarterback ever. But like the way Rodgers is playing, but back to piggyback off what you said, if Brady does this at 43 with Arians, that's like, Arians is good, but you know, something's a little missing. He's right? not. Like, I, I think Sean Payton's, like, a, Sean Payton's a better coach. I think well, Sean Payton's yeah, better. Yeah, but right? to me, Arians does not feel like a Super Bowl winning coach. Like that he could get through a whole season no. doing all the right things enough to but win the Super But can Brady Bowl. carry him? Yeah. Yeah. And their defense is good enough. Yeah. But I do think to go beat Rodgers, this version of Rodgers, I don't want to say it's the greatest win of his career. It's impossible to say that he's had an incredible. But it would get remembered. We say things age like a fine wine. It'd be like, God, you beat Rodgers in his MVP season at Lambeau when you fucking played your whole career in the AFC. I, it, I don't even. It's crazy that he has have he even has the opportunity to add this to the to the resume. I know it was. Just it's crazy how like, it all played out. The, he left New England. And we're like, well, his resume. We almost put a period at the end of the resume. Like, oh, this will be a fun. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, hopefully, he doesn't hurt his legacy too much in Tampa. Right, <laughs> just a couple of playoff seasons would be nice. Maybe he wins another championship. I mean, he's in the final four. If you're in the final four, you got a shot. He's in the final. Well, I, four. I just bet. I put two fifty. I put two fifty on the Bucks today. They won. Now I looked at my account. It was like plus one fifty or one fifty five or whatever it was. Now I have five eighty, all on the Bucks. Should I just ride the Bucks. Well, I mean, just saying, but just but Bucks money line to beat the Packers. I the thing that scares me is I Rogers. I think is just on a mission. Yeah. Tampa's defense is good though. You know, I, I mean, I they I, look they. They manhandled the Packers the first time. But again, I thought that game was really fluky. They threw a couple picks, and it just unraveled. Their team, though, is set up like the teams historically, and this is out of Rodgers' control, that have given the Packers trouble. They do two things really well, and I think they have some parallels to the Harbaugh team and the team last year with the Niners. Their front seven is just fucking big time. They get after the quarterback, and they stop the run. So the Packers aren't just going to be like, Aaron Jones for 10 Jamal Williams for 15. You can't just do that all game long. And then offensively, one thing you will say about this Bucks team and Arians, like they were running the ball today. They were giving it to Lenny. They were giving it to Rojo. What did, what did Kyle Shanahan and Harbaugh used to do? They just run it down the Packers' throat, keep Rodgers on the sideline, and just kind of get into it. The Packers have not fared well over this decade in Rodgers' prime when they had to get into a heavyweight fight. Yeah. And you could argue they kind of did with the Rams yesterday, but... I, it felt like they were just the more physical to me, team. The Rams for offensively can't throw heavyweight punches. Yeah, so they they were just a one sided deal. It's when you can hit them on both sides. And the Rams tried, but they're just they're just not as good as these other teams. This I, is, I do think Tampa's just an, uh, another level to the Rams, and like historic, just there they are the teams that give them trouble. Look, I'll say this is the last thing I'll say about this. So much was made coming into the Saints Bucks game about the combined age of Brady and Breeze, which I thought was actually kind of well, stupid. Like 83? Yeah, it doesn't it, it, neither one of them was there for Eisenhower's inauguration because you combine their ages. Like the fact that one of them's 40 that they're both over 40, just say that. That's crazy enough. I don't need to know they're combined 85. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Like they live the same years. If they had like lived like, oh, well, combined, you know, 
when you combine two people's ages, then they then have the wisdom of what it was like to move out here during the depression. Like I didn't like. Well, it's, it's gonna ha- it's gonna happen this week because you combine the two ages, it'll be eighty. Yeah, but here's whatever, the right? but here's the beauty of this one is we knew coming into the game. I think you and I talked about it. Certainly, the Saints could win. Breeze though is not on Brady's. Yeah. Le- like now we've got a matchup. And really, Brady is not on Aaron's level anymore. No, he's not. But he's not. they, as a team, can just kind of hang if the game gets, if it becomes kind of a shootout-style game. I just think we have the potential for, I mean, this is, this. my point is, this game was really good. In the end, Breeze just didn't have enough. Uh, you get Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, hopefully he's fine. Like, and Mahomes, like, Brady, Rodgers, <gasps> Josh Allen. <laughs> He's on that level now. He's getting that hype. He better he, hey Patrick, you better clear this I know, concussion okay. protocol. Chad He's tweeting after the game like he's fine. Here's what you do right now. We appreciate you doing it. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go visit the website. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Your chance to save a thousand dollars on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Guy, you want some tips for I sleeping? Do. And I know I, I need some. No caffeine after 3 p.m. That's that's a key. Sometimes, you know, you get a little droggy in the afternoon. Don't, don't drink that caffeine. Not easy to sleep. Another one. Create a peaceful place for some sleep. Most of our bedrooms tend to be. That's why I've always kept the, the television out of there, and but I always take the iPad. You know, I remember Chip Kelly had this Navy SEAL they hired, and he was big, like the, the sleep guy. If you take your iPad to bed or your phone to bed and you get that light in your mm-hmm. eye that it keeps the brain mm-hmm. things on and you just can't fall asleep, I break it every night. But they, I'm telling you, listen to that guy. This guy trained Navy SEALs. Chip, I don't know. They, they, he liked Chip for some reason, but this guy was a high-level dude, and he was right. Don't know. Get that light in your uh, in your eyes if you want to get a good night's sleep on your sleep number. Here's bed. what I know, John. Sleep IQ sleepers sleep better. Sleep IQ data shows sleep number IQ sleepers achieve 15 more minutes of restful sleep per sleep session. How do you beat a guy? Proven quality sleep is life-changing. I know it. You know it. Now save $1,000 on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. All right, John, we have breaking news. That we do. The Chargers have hired a head coach, and it's not Brian Dayball. No, it's, it's not. Brandon Staley. Did not see this one coming, guy. Did not see this one coming. How about that? Maybe does Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco, are their offices like uh, three doors down, you think? I don't know. They weren't college teammates or high school teammates, so, you know, I thought that had to be a, that was a prerequisite for this connection, but I guess not. So this is Herbert. You and I have talked about this from a Robert Sala standpoint. Wouldn't be the worst thing for him to have a defensive coach. We don't know yet who the offensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, but let's talk about this from the Chargers Herbert perspective first. Remember, I think the first thing that comes to mind when you told me Brandon Staley just got hired by the Chargers is what Lewis Riddick told us when he was on this podcast a week and a half ago, which is he thinks Brandon Staley is, in his words, a next level coach. Yeah. And I had heard by someone that worked around him that was down on him, not down on him, but just thought the hype was out of control. This year spoke for itself. Their defense was fantastic. Clearly, he's an intelligent guy. I listened to him on the Peter King podcast. He was a college quarterback. And I saw Peter Schrager tweeting something about, like, you know, everyone's this guy's only defense. He did play quarterback his entire life up until he started coaching. He's young. You know, he's 38. I do think it's pretty bold, though, guy. 
I mean, this guy was at John Carroll University as a coach, not a player, so maybe there were some connections there. Uh, and in 2016, and I think they were the national champions, but 2016, this guy had never been higher than, he was a GA for one year at Tennessee, but like his position coaches, he was at John Carroll, James Madison, John Carroll, then Fangio hired him, which to me is not nothing, right? Vic Fangio hires this guy, thought really highly of him, uh, took him then when he got the job in Denver with him. I give McVay credit as like, you know, we talk about like scouting players a lot, but yeah. coaches scout coaches. You hear them. I watched Urban Meyer's press conference, and that's all he was talking about. It's such a huge deal when you get hired. But so to me, Vic values this guy, and that that's that's something for sure. Uh, but now he's the head coach. Guy, less than five years ago, he was at he was a defensive coordinator, John Carroll. Now he's a head coach in the NFL. Rise to prominence is, was pretty quick. You know, was, I'd argue it's quicker than. Say what you want about Kingsbury. Like, he had played in the league. He had been coaching at Texas Tech for a while. Like, you could argue of all the guys, this would be right up there of rise to promise. Because at least the LaFleurs and the McVeighs, they'd been in the league, right, for a long time. This is kind of crazy. It is. It is kind of crazy. It's another of the McVeigh golden touches. Um, and, and, you know, this doesn't happen, I don't think, if he just, quote-unquote, interviews well and just coached the 15th-ranked defense in the league. He just coached the number one-ranked defense in the league. Now, he had really good players, right? Really good players. Really in the good. same way we talked about Robert Sala, had really good players. I mean, he had the best player. Maybe the two? He had the best defensive player overall in the, and the best corner in the league on his defense? Yeah, I mean, he had two of the top, you know, four, three. I mean, he might have two best. Yeah, it's, it's up yeah. there. Now, they do have good talent on the Chargers' defense when it's healthy. But again, the Chargers' issue this year was not that they don't have good players on defense. It's not that their offense can't score. Their biggest issue was, it's not that they didn't have a leader as a coach, that Anthony Lynn was clearly that. Their game management was a disaster. And we have, we just have no, you know, we have no sense for whether or not that that's something Brandon Staley can do. Little surprised that they've gone back to back to back now, first-time head coaches. Remember, they went Mike McCoy, who was at Denver years ago, then they went with Anthony Lynn, and now they're going this guy. Like, to me, the last time they really had sustained success and it was short-lived was with Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. Kind of was like, you know, an Andy Reid, Ron Rivera. Like, you knew what you were getting. Now, it doesn't always work out. Mike McCarthy, that just happened. Like, if Mike McCarthy had been on the open market, let's say he had sat out the year and just got hired, I would probably give it credit. So it's, it, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback with this whole thing. But... I don't know, man. I, I think this is pretty, pretty risky. Now, he's smart. He's really intelligent when you listen to him talk. So I just listened to the interview. I, I understand why Lewis, I'm sure talking football with him, is really impressed. But they got a lot on the line, man. I mean, they, they feel like they have a transcendent quarterback talent. Like you said, they just have a good roster of players. Uh, they, they've been just kind of in the mix, right? They, this is not your typical like Jacksonville job. This is, at least you get to start from scratch. The expectations are going to be pretty high. Now, I get the the fans. You know, it's it's a unique team in terms of the it's way it's not a high followed. pressure job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, the expectations are more from. I mean, obviously they're external, external like around the football world than they are in your local market. Probably feels. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I completely you know, understand why he took the job. I, I want. I would have had to think long and hard for Telesco because my career is somewhat on the line, and I'm a good GM, right? I've proven now. I'm a really good GM. I pushed for Anthony Lynn. 
he wasn't a disaster by any means, but it clearly just was never going to work, right? Long picture, like long term. It kind of was what I, he it was. It felt like you weren't going to f- realize Herbert's ceiling. Yeah. yeah. So, you but, know, you get another coaching hire. You're kind of taking a swing for the fences on this one. Like this, this doesn't quite feel like a double. Like this is a single or he's grounding home. That, that'd be my opinion risk. when you take a swing for a young guy. It it's, does not feel like a double. It's a home run swing, which I understand. I mean, I get it. Like, you're in the Rams market. They've hit a home run. Like, you can't afford. You could argue if you're them, the Chargers. Does it, you got does it help you the connection? Hit doubles. Does it get you talked about more that McVay and this guy are going to be friends now, kind of? So you, whenever McVay's talked about, they're talking about this guy. Uh, uh, I wouldn't think maybe. about is that Brand- stuff. But Has Brandon Staley been doing, like, a local radio show every Tuesday with Roger Lodge or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but... Uh, the the other risk in this, if it whiffs, Justin Herbert, when he, as you and I know, and a lot of people who watch our Herbert videos or listen to the podcast who are Ducks fans know, Justin Herbert had three coaches in college. Right, he had Helfrich, he had Mark Helfrich, <laughs> then he had Willie Taggart, then he had Mario Cristobal. Now that's three coaches in four years. Anthony Lynn was his fourth coach in five years. Now he's on his, yeah, right, fifth yeah. coach in six years. Yeah. Like I just, you know, we talk about Alex Smith over the years and everything that he overcame and bad organizations and this team is talented and their trajectory looks like it's headed up because of their talent. But you're right. If you whiff because you didn't just hire a safe, we know he's a, we know he's, you know, uh Marvin Lewis. Just give me a head coach who's proven he can handle a bad organization. Jim I just, think Jim Caldwell probably works too, Jim, you know. Right. I mean, there's just like you now, like you said, you think that and then you end up with McCarthy and it's like, oh no, what did we just missed an opportunity? But you you know, I, I I just hope we're not looking back in two years going, all right, Herbert's about to be on his seventh coach in eight years or something like that, right? Like that would be Yeah, because to because to me it's one thing with the head coach. Or excuse me, the one thing with the coordinator, Kirk Cousins, when you look through his coordinators, like the last six or seven years, outrageous. You know, his years in Washington, every year in Minnesota, he's had years where he's had multiple in the same year. But to me, the head coach, the message stays the same. The billboards on the wall every day stay the same. Changing head coaches is is a dramatic shift, right? I mean, it's like, be the equivalent to like getting new friends and like new parents, you know? It's like, holy moly. And I... I, I don't know, man. I, they were going to have change no matter what. And I understand this guy played in college, but he's coached defense his entire life. Like, that is his prowess as a coach is on the defensive side of the ball, right? I mean, he just coached the number one defense. So it's like, you can't tell me what he's a college quarterback. Yeah, it's a long time ago. And it was a Dayton. I, to me, this is really risky for Justin Herbert, man. I, I, I'm rooting for this to succeed. Like, I want Brandon Saley to do well, but I don't know. I mean, I just... The amount of guys, and we've talked about this a lot, there used to be such a premium on experience. And I, I think what makes the McVeigh McVeigh got into the NFL when he was 23 years old. So when he got hired at 30, like every day of his working life, the moment college ended, he was coaching. Right? So he was young, but he had, it's not like he GA'd for three years, then he got a position coach at Montana for a year, then got a quality control guy and jumped up really fast. Started from exactly the bottom and worked his way up around John Gruden, Jay Gruden, and the Shanahan's. So it's like he got a pretty unique tutorial for ten years. You see, you see the uh, like the the uh, like when they show Sean McDermott's resume, you're like God, he put in his time. You yeah, know, really in the league, in the league, 
Like yeah, even fired, Urban right? Meyer. Yeah, he got fired. Uh, he had to start from scratch with Ron Revere in Carolina, and they built that thing up together. So he got to learn from Jim Johnson, Andy Reid, get fired, and then go learn somewhere else. Kyle had to bounce around. Like, I think you start getting risky with these guys. Like, I think Cliff falls into that in the sense of never been in the league as a coach. This guy short term. Now, less, now I could even argue Cliff was less risk. Cliff was less risky in the sense that you'd seen his resume as a head coach, and it wasn't great. Yeah, but at right? least you had some tangible, like him leading a team. I, I just wonder if we jumped the shark a little bit on like Robert Sala had been in the league for 12, 13 years, right? That's that yeah. to me is at least even if you're going to hire a forty year old guy, hired a thirty eight year old guy that got to the league in two thousand seventeen. Pretty pretty bold. I mean, that's just. I wouldn't. I don't want to say unprecedented, because I remember a big thing that was always when I worked in Philly, the like the origin of Andy Reid's story was they did a study when they hired Andy Reid and saying that being a coordinator does not determine success, right? Just because you're a court, and this is the thing with Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dayball or Arthur Smith, just because you're a good coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a head coach. Sometimes position coaches are. It's about like getting the right person and you know like his qualities around people and leadership right. and that stuff matters too. So like that. I don't know if you quite develop like once you're 38, like you probably your leadership characteristics. You might learn new tactics or whatever, but your person's kind of developed. So that that would be the pushback. I just this is very Chargers, you know. It feels kind of like a Charger hire. Do you you do save on the on the relocation fee? Yeah, but and I would I, imagine but, he's not one of the highest paid. He's probably but, the lowest paid I, coach in the league. But see, I, that's where I that's where I, last thing I'll say. You just made me think this is I do wonder if they looked at it. I, I do think if you're Telesco, you can convince yourself of this in a year. He's going to be a guy a lot of people want to hire. Like in a year, he's going to be doing six interviews like Robert Sala. In a year, he's going to be a guy that, now I know he's not a defensive coach, but the way people talked about, he's going to be this McVay. They're going to be a really good defense again. In a year, he's going to have five interviews. We, the Chargers, don't tend to get into bidding wars, to your point, for people. So we got to hire, we got to take a swing here, hire him early before he becomes a hot name. Now you gotta you better be right, but I I wonder if that was part of their thinking. It's like this guy's about to be a head coach. Maybe him and McVeigh ran run into each other at the gym or something. I guess you don't really run into anybody these days, but uh I, I do wonder if that was part of their thinking. Like we're betting that this guy in a he's a year away from becoming a head coach. And we won't be able to win him over then. We gotta attack this from a 49ers angle as well, because this affects them. Yeah, I mean, last I checked, guy, and they were saying it nonstop on the broadcast. Number one defense in the league. And it's not just doesn't just impact Kyle Shanahan when he's playing them, right? They play 14 other games beside that, which they've had more wins than Niners three of the last four years. So that that does matter. Sean McVay just lost, I'd say, a pretty key member of his staff. And a hell of a find by him. We'll see if he can duplicate the uh, the magic of finding Brandon Staley. As of the moment of this recording, I'm calling this good news for the 49ers, provided that Brandon Staley doesn't hire Mike McDaniel as his offensive coordinator. But good news for the Niners that... <laughs> They lost Salah. McVay's <clears throat> got to replace a DC too. I would say the major difference, the 49ers have been preparing, or at least in Kyle Shanahan's mind since last year. Like it had to cross his mind, I guess before that Minnesota game, when I remember hearing, remember there was like tweets, like he's going to be the next yeah. coach of the uh, Browns. Cleveland Browns. It's like, damn, they're going to have to get a new defensive coordinator. Now it ended up not coming to fruition, but I, I don't think D'Amico Ryan's he made that decision the day Sala officially got the Jess job, right? I would imagine this year he looked long and hard at practice in his mind without telling anyone, maybe with John and maybe Jed, 
but about and, and his dad what he thought of D'Amico Ryan's. And so to me, he kind of got a year to evaluate him from a different perspective, probably. I'm guessing he told Robert Sala, this might be the guy that replaces you, so get him ready. That too, you know? And Sean McVay, I I wouldn't say Brandon Staley was like some diamond in the rough like a draft pick would be because he was working with Vic Fangio. But still, like I, I wouldn't say he was on the tip of everyone's tongue. You know, he had only been in the league three years before McVay hires him. I guess maybe four years. But, and then he immediately, one year later, gets a head coaching job. I, I can't imagine when McVay hired him. And even when things started going well, he thought he was going to lose him after one season. You know, maybe over the last month, he realized, this guy's going to get some interviews. I'm going to have to have, you know, some options, or at least start thinking about this. But he's got a quarterback situation. Had probably other things on the back burner, or he had to put it on the back burner a little bit. Like, it probably, maybe tonight didn't come as a shock, but this probably over the last three or four days that has got more serious, probably, I wouldn't say jolted McVay, but like, fuck, I gotta gotta pivot. I gotta do this again? Yeah. I mean, Wade Phillips tweeted he's available. (laughs) I I don't think they're gonna, you know, get the band back together as Bochy once told Flannery, right? Those days are over. I think the problem for him is he hired this guy and he was fantastic. Like they were, they were elite. I mean, they they were, they, and it wasn't those two guys. Me and you could be coaching him, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are going to be good. It was these other guys. Their secondary guy is fantastic. A bunch of guys that I wasn't that familiar with. Their safety plays good. Their corner plays good. If you can get good DB play, you are so so far ahead of the game in the NFL. Most teams. Their defensive backs are just not that good, you know? And when you, that's why you're watching the Bills, the guys are picking it off. You're like, damn, they got good DB play. You have good DB play. The Niners did a year ago. You're just, your defense is going to be top notch. And losing this character, man, not an ideal thing for McVay because, again, it's, it's, it's not like he has 20 years in the league to go off of. Like that last year was probably an intense moment. He fire, he, you know, essentially fires Wade Phillips and then he just nails this no namer. Like I usually don't go two for two yeah. in those type situations. Yeah. No, it's and that to me is the is is the heart of this, right? Like you say, oh well, it's good. It's good for the Niners, yeah. As if they need a break against the Rams. The Rams have not been their problem, right? They beat them twice this year. They've scored enough on them. They scored twenty four and twenty three points um, on the Rams this year. So it's not as if Brandon Staley was a thorn in Shanahan's side that he couldn't figure out. To me, it's more what you just said that McVay. Has, this is just another moving part for them um, in the midst of what was a really impressive year for McVay, right? But I think, yeah, a, a, I think any, any just like the Niners, if you're the Seahawks or if you're the Cardinals, if you're the Rams, the fact that they got to replace Robert Sala is good for you because you don't know if they'll nail that higher. In that way, this is just these. This thing is so closely bunched in this division um, yeah. that anything that could throw one of these other teams off their access a little bit is 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 good for you. Well, how about this? The Niners, you know, had the most seamless transition. Three teams, in, you know, that they're chasing. I don't count the Cardinals. I, you know, I know they're kind of in their way, but we saw, like, push comes to shove, the Niners can beat Arizona, you know, straight up, and they have a better coaching staff. Like, I think we all agree that's the worst coaching staff in the division. Pete just did his classic, like, you know, this guy was throwing a little too much for me, fired Brian Schottenheimer. They need to get an offensive coordinator. 
which is the one thing that is the most important, like, you know, him and Russ and just working together, like, that's a question mark. And McVay is losing kind of this shooting star now. That does he does he have another guy lined up? Do you remember Mike Gundy years ago? Yeah. Was tired of getting offensive coordinators poached and finally went to like he just opened up like ESPN.com one double A and went to the top offense and just started doing some research and then hired this random guy. Now that guy He left. Isn't he now? Yeah, but he's now big time. Yeah. I, I think he's what's that guy's name? He might be a head coach somewhere. But, like, I, I wonder if you're McVay, your defense is going to be good next year. You are kind of a stepping stone for that guy. So, I think the 49ers could see if their defense is good again next year. D'Amico, Young, like, he has, he just has way more NFL experience than Brandon Staley. Even though he, like, he he was playing when this guy was coaching at D1, D2. Was it Mike, Mike Urich? Is that the guy? Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. Where's he? Uh, Mike Urich. No. I feel like he's at, like, a Marshall or like uh well the Marshall it's not like Marshall because Ar- that guy just stepped down. Yeah, Doc Holiday like Arkansas State or something like no, that's you for you know. Oh, you're just the OC or, at Penn State. OC at Penn State. Yeah. After he was the passing game coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, so he le- he left him for Ryan Day. Um yeah, I mean look, this is this it it might be now you know uh, McVay's had great success, more sustained success than Shanahan has had. But the problem with becoming the guy that everyone wants your assistant coaches is that everybody wants your assistant coaches. You know, is it a pre, like you said, what if D'Amico Ryan's is really good and the Niners are really good on defense? It's not inconceivable that the Niners will be really good on defense next year. Um, now they got a lot of players they got to replace, but they do have Bosa coming back. So, um, it is maybe a little bit of a preview. Again, we'll see Mike McDaniel. Now you said maybe there's, a non-Mike McDaniel option for the Chargers, which would make some sense, but just keep their own staff. I, yeah. I've heard Mike Lombardi staff. say this about coaching hires, and he he calls it an elected position. It's not like you you know you you get the right people to vote for you. I do think what you're seeing, and it's been talked about for the last couple of years, there is a media hype machine that works in these guys' favor. And if you have it going for you, it takes you to another level. Because I, I, I noticed this in my little Twitter and just the podcast I listened to. And just, like, this guy, had, the hype had really grown on this guy the last couple of weeks. You know, it, it starts with, like, Glazier and Pre- Peter Schrager. Because they're, like, media guys. But I think, like, the owners and GM view them as, like, media guys that are boys with a lot of the GMs and the head coaches. And they kind of like, oh... Like, Glazer, when he says something about, like, a Sean Payton or McVay guy, like, he knows. You know, and Traeger just goes to dinner with all these guys. Like, they're not, they're actually more respected in NFL circles than a lot of, like, like, rap sheet just feels like he's getting everything from an agent. And I like Ian. I'm just saying, like, that's how I think a lot of football guys view him. Where it's like, damn, what Traeger, what's, what did Andy tell him? Or what's Veach or what's Pete Carroll telling him? And there is this cycle of the, the certain guys, if you associate yourself with, it is a quicker path to the top, you know, because the old, it's not just you had to win a Super Bowl to get a shot or whatever. Like you're just around Sean and I'd even put Kyle under that. There is a buzz and a backing to you. Like Andy, it kind of comes naturally just because his success speaks for itself. But like how, for example, Wink Martindale, who's much older than these guys, he has been in the league for so long. The Ravens defense, I'm watching them, play that game on Saturday going, their quarterback stinks. He can't complete a ball right now. 
I don't think Lamar stinks. I'm actually, he's grown on me. He's just passing struggles. <laughs> Uh, but that defense is keeping them in this game. This guy's resume is like worked for Al Davis. He's been with Harbaugh for everyone. You see Jim Harbaugh just hired some of his, like his guy to be his defensive coordinator. Urban Meyer was trying to hire their defensive line coach to be his defensive coordinator. Like Wink Martindale, what the fuck does the guy have to do? You know, it's like, and it's like, well, he's rolling out Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Suggs. No, that's not this team. Like the, the Ravens defense is not this group of future Hall of Famers. It's actually, to me, really overachieving and but I I can't even get an interview and there is something because I don't feel like I don't think John Harbaugh spends too much time like and I I, I like Schrager I'm not even trying to talk shit but like I gotta make sure Schrager's on my guys or you know it there is something to that and I'm not even talking the race stuff I'm just talking the person with the right guy like Dan Campbell guy how could possibly that guy get a head coaching he, job? Yeah, but he doesn't fit. Some I, I, agree with all, I agree with the other stuff you're saying. Dan Campbell doesn't even fit into that category because no one's promoting Dan Campbell. Yeah, I, I, I know. And, and in fairness to Dan Campbell, like he's been a shot with Sean Payton for a while. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I think, and you and I have talked about this. I just think there's something of to other, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan right now. There, well, there's there's no a question. media hype behind the, I, but There's no question about and that. that it, but, but, I, but I think part of that is like, and you and I have talked about this with any job that where the hiring is public, where the where it's a public job. There is something to be said for how does the person doing the hiring want to be perceived? Right? Do they people love quote unquote rising stars, hiring rising stars? You're on the cutting edge. You're and right now McVeigh and Shanahan make that very easy. Now, is that Telesco's MO? Doesn't feel like that's Telesco's MO. Right, maybe it is the Chargers mo, kind of splashy. Like you said to me, maybe the Chargers got stuck. Maybe all of a sudden this job that looks great, some candidates they like decided they were going somewhere else, and now they now what do you do? Well, if we're going to be flipping a coin, we might as well swing for a guy that has some hype well, let, out let's there say, because let's, you don't get. Because here's what I would say about that, right? Is you don't. It's a big swing, but to your point, like if people have been pushing this person, it doesn't feel like you're doing something crazy. Yeah, and let's one hundred percent. And I'd even let's say I was Telesco's cousin. I wanted to defend him. I'd go, well, because I was thinking this on Saturday. Lafleur is coaching against McVeigh, and it goes back to when McVeigh used to be the third wheel with Lafleur and his wife. Where before Lafleur used to live with Robert Sala, like these guys, and Lafleur's brother and McDaniel's and Kyle, like they kind of are taking the league by storm. Like you look at them all, they're all successful, right? So it's not. You know, they just got some shots that weren't warranted. No, they've gotten their shots, and they've unloaded the clip on a lot of people. Kicking the shit out of people. So it's like, yeah, maybe that group of guys was just a high-level group. Kind of been the opposite you know? of the Belichick tree, I'd say, to this point. Yeah, fuck yeah, because I it, I wonder if there's a personality to those guys that there's a human element to them. Because it does feel like when you see they do some throwback clips, some of the pictures, and you read some of the stories, you're like... You know, he's probably a pretty easy group to just sit back and have a beer with. If you were a player, if you were a normal guy, like they they don't feel that caught up in themselves, like some of those, you know, the the Patricia crew. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. It's yeah. like fucking take, relax. This isn't. We're not. You know, SEAL Team Six here, guys. So then maybe McVay's got another guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe he does. Man, I've already talked myself into it. But I, but I don't know. I guess I don't know this guy. But I'm Wink Martindale. I, he's never gonna get a shot. I think he's pretty good, clearly. Feel bad. Yeah. Like, what is he thinking tonight? Like, damn. Yeah, well, actually, Lewis Riddick brought him up too, remember? <laughs> I know. 
He's kind of the Fangio of the league right now, pre-Denver. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. We already jumped into it. We already gave you some thoughts. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. They will match that deposit dollar for dollar, 50% up to $1,000. You can also decline the bonus because if you do accept the bonus, you do have to bet the full amount because before you can withdraw your winnings. But either way, we appreciate you using the promo code so they know that Haberman and Middlecoff sent you to MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Well, guy, you brought it up earlier in the podcast. MyBookie.ag, Tampa Bay plus four. So Green Bay minus four at home. Um, the over under 51. The Bills against the Chiefs plus three. To me, I don't know. Like the Chiefs, I, I watched that game earlier this year. The Chiefs beat the shit out of them. And I get it's in Lambeau. To me, the Bucks packer game, probably off by a point. Like that, that should just be the three on the road. The Bills line probably should be like plus five or plus five and a half. I know they're playing well. We saw that game in Buffalo. The Chiefs destroyed them. Now, I get, I mean, the game wouldn't be up. They're assuming Mahomes is playing. So, if this game, this is all based on Mahomes playing. But I, I think that number's a little off, yeah, guy. I, I'm with you. Like that, 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 to me, is getting the normal just opponent respect. No, they played. The Chiefs are the champs, and they killed them. Where the Packers Bucks one feels like Rogers is so hot, but yeah, they did play too. They killed them and they got Tom. Does it uh, does it feel like the Bills are a little public to you? A lot public? Yeah, because everyone loves the jumping on the table. Which is tables. crazy because the Chiefs should be public. I like the Browns plus ten early on. I felt like that was dumb. In the end, it, it worked out. Um, did I, Vegas know he was going to get hurt? <laughs> no, right. That's why you got lucky. That's part of the deal. If he plays the whole game and is fine. They don't. I don't think so. They probably don't cover. But the Browns were just kind of, they were getting themselves back in it. Look, as someone who has picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, I've I've said for a few weeks now, I think the Packers beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. I watched the Chiefs today and said, oh, Chiefs are are playing football again, right? I've been watching the Chiefs all year, just kind of dilly-dallying around. And um, Andy off a bye, you know. But... uh, yeah, man, I I I, uh, I don't feel great about the Bills. My Super Bowl contender from the, my Super Bowl pick for the AFC, I don't feel great about them right now. There there was a play in that game, like an outside zone run, and the Honey Badger came in out of nowhere, not to the ball carrier, but like to the outside lane to make sure the guy couldn't get around the corner. And it was like, oh god, these guys are locked in. And like all his friends made the tackle, and Romo was like, that is incredible outside contained by Honey Badger. You could just tell they're focused. They're the defending champs. I texted with someone today. The Chiefs approached this regular season like the KD Warriors by like year two. They went fifteen and one. We talk about them like yeah, they're just eleven and five. They're not. They're not as good as they were. They went fifteen and one in Corona and felt yeah, like I mean, they weren't into it. No, but you saw today those first couple drives. Like yeah, they're they got stupid team speed. To me, they're the best team. Rogers the best player. I'd say Tom is the legend that you cannot discount, and the Bills are the fun story. That, that's how I would equate this group. I'd say the Chiefs still should win it all. The Packers feel like they're just riding this all-time great quarterback who's just locked yeah. in. I just it, I am afraid to bet against Tom. And the Bills are just, they're really good, but they're, they're the underdog yeah, of the group. It feels early for the Bills, but sometimes when you're about to take the next step, you do it before people think you are. So, Well, remember the Chiefs, Mahomes' first year, they lost to the Patriots on that D. Ford play. Doesn't it kind of feel like this is the Bills that yeah, year, maybe? I mean, I... I would it shock you if the Bills beat the Chiefs? No, no, no. I mean, they not. could. It would not shock me. Would you say the Bucks 
beating the Packers would be more shocking than the Bills beating no, the Chiefs? I, I don't think I, I'm again, I like the Packers, but I don't, I don't think I'd, uh, you know what? Yes. Yes. That would be more shocking as I think it in my head, like the Bucks beat the Packers. You want to play the TV game? If you're executive, if you're CBS and you're hosting the Super Bowl, I think you'd want the Chiefs. You really can't lose with the NFC. You want Tom yeah, versus Mahomes? You want Rodgers versus I think you Mahomes. would take Tom versus Mahomes. You would? I think you would. I think you would take Brady over Rodgers. As much as I love Rodgers. I, I mean, I, you know, I think I, you're right. You can't lose. But what about Tampa? Tampa? I know. You know it, is in, it is in Tampa. It was Brady. Yeah, it's Tom. Now people Brady out. The evidence says no. <laughs> no, not I. I, I would. I would take Brady, but I don't. I don't think you lose with Rodgers. No, you win still with Rodgers. I'm going to place a huge bet this week. I just got to figure out which one. Uh, all right, John. A bunch of other stuff to get to as well. Tie up some uh, loose ends here. Can, can I start with something that well, you and I have talked about this a little bit? But the fumble out of the end zone becoming a touchback. Which killed the yeah. Browns. I mean, that's the other thing. Killed them. I mean, I had Del Rio tweeting about it on the was timeline. He? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, where do you where yeah. do you stand on this thing? You you hate it or you you just kind of don't like it, but you don't really care? Or where do you stand on losing the ball if you do that? I'm one I oh, like Okay, the I thought for like some reason clear. I thought you, didn't. you get you get penalized if you reach it out and it goes out of bounds. I, I do not understand again the bubble of Twitter. But I mean, the football people that despise this rule. They, now they talked about it at the halftime, like, and clearly it was a coward that hated it. I, I I like it. Like it's very black and white to me. Don't reach the ball. I I equated it to someone like it'd be the equivalent in golf, like going after a tight pin with water there. Like it's a big risk. Like it's it's very risky if you miss. There's a fucked. reward for reaching, but there's a there's a penalty yeah. if you screw it up. So uh, you know, I I did see. I didn't think it was. I didn't see plenty of people that don't like it. I saw a good number of people that liked it, like Mayoko and Dan Dibley. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And to your point, I I, I think I'm with you. I, I love, love it. it even a little more because of how many people hate it. I'm with you. I was driven even more to <laughs> but, that too. Uh, uh, so my take reading Twitter was, and I started to tweet this out, and then I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'll save it for the podcast. We've got now a society. I like to take anything with like a rule that people don't like and make it into like a societal yeah. flaw and how humans yeah. have, have regressed. Let's judge. Let's, let's judge. Let's, all let's get judged. We've got a society now that basically anytime you commit to something, it's risk free. You can buy a year of uh, a TV service, but it's a month free trial or it's a week free trial. You can, uh, you know, you can buy some yogurt at the grocery store. And if you don't like it, like, take it back. Costco will take your week-old lettuce back. Rot it if you tell them, oh, when I got it, I don't think it was totally fresh. Like, there aren't that many things that the average can... Well, am, am, I mean, Amazon's king Amazon. of it, right? You just send it right back. I mean, yeah. th there are some... They don't even a check. Shoe company, I mean, I've sent some stuff There's back. a shoe company oh, out God. there. Oh, did you, uh, before I get to the shoe company. Yeah, you're right. I've had a few things where it was like, uh, this wasn't what I wanted. Or it's the wrong item. Or I just, I don't like it. I've had that with Amazon where it's like, ah, I'm going to return it. And Amazon's like, don't bother sending it back. It was $8. Keep it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. I've had that happen before. Um, I had a thing. I got a, uh, early in the early in the, the shutdown, I bought some noise-canceling headphones. Left on the doorstep, stolen. Disappeared. I emailed Best Buy. Like, no problem. We'll send you some new ones. Like, anything that just the person sitting on the couch does, which is how you consume football, 
anything you do from the couch is risk free. Like everything, every purchase we make, every time we put money up, with the a car, you, you does the car still lose value when you drive it off the lot, or can you drive a car for thirty yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. Now that now that that's one because I do think there's some car dealerships. You you can pro- yeah. I bet th- I bet somebody's got the promotion yeah. out there. You can drive it for thirty days and bring it back. Yeah, if you work at a car dealership, feel free to send me an email. We'd love to uh, partner up with you. <laughs> but you well. remember no 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 tradebacks, John. Remember that you trade cards, you'd be like no tradebacks. Like we can't change Why, your mind on that Griffey Junior rookie. Yeah. Why well, I've been saying this forever about the NBA. It is the greatest partnership for players because they have no liability. They can tear Achilles. They can rip ACLs. Nothing matters. Yet the moment someone, like if you jump off the stands and kill yourself during the game, Steph Curry just gets in his car and goes home. Do you know whose problem that is? They're going to sue the Warriors and Joe Lacob. If someone dies, I, I see this a lot in professional sports, That and this gets back to Guy. I think this is where I think Twitter is a little bit of a bubble. It's very anti the man, which I think that's a natural take. They do bear all the liability on everything. And I think everyone just thinks someone just deserves to go down for everything, but it's never them. Right. And I it's think that fair, maybe John. I'm it's not fair. Why should you be punished? Bit? It's not fair. It's not fair to lose that yeah. fumble out of the end. Well, don't reach. Yeah, but he was, it was an illegal hit. Okay. Well, if he had not been reaching the illegal, well, it wouldn't have mattered. Well, can I give you a pushback on the illegal hit? Yeah. He's coming at an angle. What there there is no way he's putting his shoulder first, his I, helmet's just ahead of him. I honestly did not think. Our buddy Cameron Well tweeted yeah. What the fuck's he supposed to do? Like uh, someone tweeted at me, like, and I'm talking too much about Twitter. Yank his flag. I know why. But part of it, I, I, I do think it is a lot of people because the studio talked about it because it was right at halftime, they went to it, and they said that uh, some of the coaches, like, I, I just I disagree. You can't, you do not get rewarded. It's one of the rare things, guy, in the sport of football that has a huge penalty on the offense. Because for the most part, offensive PI rarely happens. Most things are illegal hit on the defender, defensive holding, intentional grounding, defensive pass interference. Intentional grounding is something that's uniquely punitive to the offense. And even that, they get away with a lot now, I feel like. Like, I feel like when it gets called, like it is a, that's a penalty where you're like, oh, what are you doing? You know, like that one hurts. But this one is a disastrous penalty. Disastrous. I love you know, it. And I think a defensive coordinator I think a defensive coordinator would tell you, do you understand every time that I get a defensive holding on third and seven, how much that sucks? Right. It, it rarely happens. The offense, like, what we just extend foul? your drive for free. Yeah, and fucking a two-yard foul. I Personally, that is one that just sticks in my craw, guy. <laughs> I despise I defensive holding despise it. And that's called all the time on third and longs. And it's like free first down. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I love a little that. suffering is good. Cause you're right. You're right. To me, it's, it's, it's a lot like, okay, you know, to me, it's like a golf shot. You're trying something that's really risky. You easily could go in the water and golf penalizes you. Like it's very black and white when you're on a golf course. You're like, well, if you go for this and you can't fly this, it's going to cost you a couple shots. Where in football, it's all like, well, the offense, just let it rip. Like, no, this is one. Like, don't hold the ball. We've seen it happen enough. I hope to God they never change it. I don't see any reason why they will. Um, What else we got? And how about Andy well, Reid? I, I do think it was pretty crazy. When he went in the blue tent, Mahomes, I didn't think that much of it. Time. But when he got when he got up wobbly, I think at this point in time, we all just came to grips. I, I know Nance is like, that has to be a concussion. 
Jim, what you think or what, it doesn't matter. The moment he wobbled, he was done. Like he was not, to me, there was no, he was just never coming yeah. back. Yeah. Once yeah. he walked. But I think that's why like Nance that, felt that comfortable saying that. to me is the new NFL. That. Yeah, but I, but I didn't even know. Like maybe he didn't get a concussion. Maybe he did. I don't even know. I, I've never got a concussion. And, and maybe he, he goes back and so he passes the test and he doesn't have a concussion. But to me, the moment he wobbles, like I just knew. Like, And then you start looking at the time. You start looking at the score. And you go, well, Andy throws it a lot. Guy, he threw it. Love Coach Reed. But this is where he has gotten in trouble in his life, and I'm glad it played out, and it was a great moment for uh, Chad Henney. It was 3rd and 14, under the two-minute warning. They have no timeout. So if you just run, even if you get no yards, it's going to drain the 40 seconds. You could easily just take the penalty, get the extra five yards, punt it to like the 10, and you're fine. He threw it. And then he just, by then, he just went YOLO on fourth down. I saw Henney's play was, or quote, was like, yeah, we uh, we feel ten or Tyreek's going to win more than he's going to lose, so we'll just go to him, which is yeah, not you just crazy, have to get but it to Tyreek, <laughs> pretty ballsy. I, but I I thought the ballsier play was the third and fourteen throwing the football when they don't have any timeouts. That was pretty nuts. The the the, the that was fake, nuttier fake. than the fourth and one or whatever. Well, it was, but at least you're like, well, Henny, he can do that. He can pull it down. Worst case scenario, we punt. Fourth and one, it's midfield. Yeah. Like if you don't get that, and what was the score? I mean, it's was it a five point game. Touchdown up, beat you. Yeah, they're up seven twenty two to seventeen. Yeah, you're gonna give them the bra- the ball at midfield. This is insane. And yeah. and the Browns clearly were like a solid football team. Like you're watching them, you go, this is not like they're hanging in this because I I think they're gonna look at themselves. God, if we don't fumble that ball at the end of the first half, I mean, we we were right there with them. They held. They hold their heads high on the plane ride home, don't don't they? Like well, yeah, they, I did. Although I did they, see they a show lot of. Well. Again, we're not going to talk about Twitter. I saw a lot of like at Browns. Thanks for making us proud. That you're like, all right, guys. Like, they, yeah, yeah. They, they it was great. It was great. It was good. I th- I think I think that's fair. When uh, and you know people uh, middle class, you're always so mean to the Raiders, the Browns, the Raiders. You're when the Raiders do that, when, when the you Raiders get were- get. No, but no. Well, they got to get to the second round of the playoffs, and then you'll tweet, and then you'll tweet, you know, and then you'll tweet at Raiders. No, 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 no. My point is, I think it's fair for fans to have that. They won eleven games. Oh, for sure. They hadn't been in the playoffs in eighteen years. They won a playoff game. Like you just, you you did. I mean, you went toe to toe with the Chiefs. It's one of those where you get to kind of like you're no longer the Raiders. (laughs) That that was my take. You're just in this own stratosphere. Where I think we go, God Stefanski. Baker Mayfield, I, I owe Baker somewhat of an apology, and I think you do too, guy. We talked a lot of shit about a little guy that can't really move and doesn't have a great arm. I actually think his arm looks pretty good. I don't see how you watch that game and Lamar's game and go, well, the best passer of that class is Josh Allen. Right now, if I need to win just throwing a pass, Baker Mayfield is better at throwing the football right now than Lamar Jackson. You'd be like, well, Lamar's receivers are tiny and his passing, I don't know. I just know when he drops back, I have negative faith in Lamar in these spots. Yeah. Negative faith. No, I, and, and I think a big part of it, Baker came to a bad organization, had a lot of stuff going on, right? Two coaches in two years. And I I, I will say, you're right. I mean, I I, um, I still think there are times they bo- where he, they both they both threw They both threw an interception. He makes some throws where I'm like, I don't, like he's got it. But you made the point to me a couple weeks ago, when he has time to step into it, his arm is very strong. I mean, he has the longest throw in NFL history. The league measured. No, I think it's like the league right. this year. Maybe, maybe it's NFL. There, there still are like some plays yards. he tries to make. Like, no, no, no. The arm can't do that. But you're right. I mean, he's 
Um, I, I, I think the fact that he's with, I think we could look back in two or three years ago, man, I mean, we were really wrong about doubting Baker because he got Stefanski. It came together. Yeah, he doesn't have a great arm, but in the history of the league, there are plenty of good quarterbacks that didn't have it. Like Breeze, just right. NBC. Well, fifth year options is fifth year options. Well, it, it is, but I but I thought it was anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive, and I and I think it's good because I, I th- think the Browns, the Browns being competitive is fun, and that's where I get to Lamar, where you go, well, he's a dynamic player. And he's a fantastic runner. But when you just need to sit in there and throw the ball, and Tom had to do it, Breeze had to do it and couldn't do it, but that's what you have to do. Obviously, Mahomes was doing it. You know, Baker did it to keep them in that game. The Rams didn't really have it. Rodgers can do it. That Lamar can't do that. That's not, like, what he's comfortable doing. Yeah. And I I just wonder, and, and in a different version... But there was like a line where Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman went like, we can't, we're not going to be able to sustain winning like this. So we got to go pass. And then they just, they like flipped it like Mike Leach the next year. It was like four or five wide and it was a disaster. I don't think the Ravens will do that. But there is a balance to behold where you like, when you, when you have this option level run game, which they have, he doesn't really develop. And maybe they say, well, I don't think he can do it. Well, you're never going to be able to win when it matters playing this way. And you're going to be able to win in the regular season. There are probably parallels like with basketball, with James Harden and stuff with this. It's going to work. And I don't blame you for using it throughout the season. But you're going to have to implement some stuff to give you a chance in these tight games. Did you notice this this weekend? It's much harder to get to 30 points yeah. in these games. Like guys are getting hit hard. The, every step is like God. There are three defenders there leaping oh. in the air. That that Bucks uh, Saints game had an edge to it. It was like God. I would I'd keep my head if I was holding up a guy and they're well, blowing the whistle like these offensive linemen. Was it eighty eight degrees? Did I read that right? That it was like in the eighties in Cleveland. Is that true? Or did I, is I am I imagining that? Because I'm watching the game thinking it was cold. Then I saw somebody tweet that it was warm. But what game was in Kansas I mean, City? Kansas City. Yeah. Was it warm there? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. It didn't look freezing cold. I don't. It couldn't have been. Yeah, 80, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Been insane though. But anyway, yeah, um, it definitely the, was. The it definitely wasn't the second. The wind in Buffalo green, was way crazier. Yeah. Well, and Green Bay was on another level. Green yeah. Bay was so cold. I can I give you another Baker tweet, which is this: You're wearing a backwards hat. I've worn one regularly. No coward's gone in on Baker for the backwards hat. Coward yeah, loves I, the backwards I hat. Sh- Take. I, haven't sh- I haven't shaved my head. In I've got a much bigger red. The 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 front bill low over your eyebrows is a much bigger red flag than a backwards hat. The front bill where you Who pull it that? all the way down and I can barely see your eyes. Like, that's a real, like, that's a person. Like, c- can you look another person in the eye? Like, can you run a meeting room? You got the eye? Why are you, why are you hiding, to me, bill forward but low? Much bigger issue than backwards hat. Wasn't that an, wasn't that an Adam Gase thing? Remember Gase? Miami? He used to wear yeah, it like I, that. I, to me, it's yeah. just, when I, I don't, when I see the hat low like that, I think here's a person who's trying to avoid interaction. And that's a red flag. Who wore, who wore oh, it like that? I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I've been thinking about the backwards oh, hat yeah. thing, and I've seen that, and I go, that's a much bigger low hat guy, or like you put it over your ears. Like, that's actually over your ears is yeah. fine as long as it's not low over your eyes. Over the eyes thing is to me weird. Like super low, yeah. like you cover up the. You know what I'm talking about? It's just. 
I don't know. Yeah. Well, you don't see that many people that do that. If they're doing it, they're hiding. I feel like maybe Sark used like, to do, do it. Now he goes hatless. I think it's a good message, that, like a subliminal message that Sark is, you know, Sark, I felt like he used to hide under the hat. L- Lane, I think, kind of did too. I think Lane and Sark had some similarities that way. They are much more comfortable in their own skin, which I do think for a young coach, and they got thrust on the scene so famous so fast, I think for a young quarterback sometime, not everyone is comfortable doing this stuff. I, I, I ended up watching this like YouTube on, it might have been like Warren Sapp. It was a terrible interview. <laughs> but, he, but, he, but he had a good point. He's like, sometimes people that the media thinks are big dicks, some players, they're just not comfortable talking to people they yeah. don't know. And I remember this in football. Those same guys would be uncomfortable like with their position coach sometimes. It, it would take a long time to really get comfortable like with their coaches, in the building with guys. You know, it's, I, I think for the media, for example, or a coach, they're used to communicating a lot and they don't understand when you can't give it back. And it's what separates people. Like some guys are just a little more introverted. It doesn't mean they can't get comfortable with you over time. Maybe you have to build a relationship. Maybe they got trust issues. Maybe in fairness, why should they trust anybody? You know, like I, I wouldn't trust anyone if I was in their shoes either. So it just... I think there's this hard balance with it all. And I think a lot of the young, I give a lot of the young quarterbacks, I even think Baker's matured. Clearly, Stefanski's been a good influence on him. It's why I actually, while I don't like the player that much, root for Lamar. It's like I, he just he just feels so self aware and so just impressive when he talks. And he takes so much responsibility. Like I, I never see him like hiding from anything. Like he, he wears it all. And that to me, that's a very good quality. Like that shows like his, his internal character to me is extremely high which I think why the Ravens like him. I just wonder, like, the Rams, the thing was going viral. Like, Sean McVay wouldn't even commit to the guy as a starter. Like, they got a quarterback problem. The Ravens have a quarterback situation. Like, the guy is a good player. Like, he's not scared. He's tough as fuck. He's got unique traits. To me, for them specifically, like, they're going to need to get, like, a like a crab tree. Like I always use that as an example, but like a guy that just, I don't need him to run. I just need him contested catches. They, they got him the wrong type wide receiver in Marquise Hollywood. Yeah. You know? he, he could use that guy, but they could also use like two or three. Could, other he could guys use some uh, Michael Crabtrees. Yeah. Just, or Michael Tom, like that type, you know, Mike Evans, AJ Brown, that just list them to get like, big receivers. With yeah. Them. I mean, but that, but yeah, that to right. me is the guy like, that's what they're missing. I, that's why Des Bryant plays for them. Like they need that guy. It is pretty nuts, though, that to ship back to McVeigh that he basically admitted this guy is not going to be our lock star. Like I think it shows he's not happy no. with Jared's play. And, I, and if you're him, what do you have to lose at this point other than to say Jared? Like, hey man, I, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to get better. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I don't. That's the other part. I don't know how he does that. But um, anything else? He, yeah, uh, golf. We're not doing golf. No DraftKings golf this week. Not a great. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know who's playing. It's American how much, Express. How much did Kevin Nall win today? Swing. Probably one point five million dollars. You see that tweet I sent you? That like uh, four of the guys that have won tournaments yeah, in consecutive right years. DJ's won twelve or so whatever. Uh, the next group of guys like JT Rom. And Bryce, yeah, and yep. the longest active streaks with a PGA Tour win because it wasn't that long ago that Kevin Na had none or like one. Remember? Well, you told me the story. I remember he like went pro at nineteen. Did you? Yeah, say he that? didn't go I to college. Talking about that with someone, he didn't go to college because he was a Southern California guy, 
And he's been on the tour for like yeah. 18 years. But I think he had like one <laughs> win between four years ago, or maybe no win. It might have been no wins. Yes. So uh, someone, one of the golf guys I follow tweeted out that he had one win in 340 so career starts. What, yeah. And of his of his 55, of his last 55 starts, he has four wins or something like that. Like he's he's clearly really so, good. Like he just he's slow, steady. Was, was he in the like, uh, FedEx Cup this year? Vi- did he make the uh, last? I don't one? think but he's, he's been in it. I remember he was in Atlanta question. when Tiger was yeah. there. He's he's when tenth now. Yeah, he's tenth now this year. Early, but I mean, it goes back to October. So you've been stacking points. Um, longest active streaks with a win on tour: DJ fourteen, Bryson five, Justin Thomas five, Rom four, Nah four. One thing I've just noticed the last couple of weeks. I, I'm I need to slow down on gambling on golf. It's really hard. <laughs> like it's it's impossible to pick winners to me non majors because at least the non majors you're kind of probably going with some favorites. Kevin Na was an eighty to one underdog this week. Not underdog like they're all underdogs. Just the just his chances to win the tournament were uh, uh, was eighty to one. These guys short game like every one of their chips they get it within five feet. It's incredible. All of them. That to me having played golf last week and just. Played terrible golf for the last 12 months. They can just chip. Because you're just going to end up chipping, even if you're just an average golfer, middle-of-the-road golfer, good golfer, a lot. They chip like fucking Brady throws wheel routes. It's automatic. Tap in pars. Boop, boop, boop. They never fluff chips. They're No matter the angle, it's like, oh, flop it. Sometimes, half the time, you're like, is this thing going to go in? <laughs> Well, they I've are. gotten to the point where I'm as arrogant about their chips as they are. Like Joaquin Neiman had one today out of the sand. It might have been on 18, 17 or 18. And it like checked. It was gorgeous. But it checked up and stopped yeah. like, you know, eight feet. And I, I and I'm sitting on the couch shaking my head. I'm like, tough. I wanted it to didn't release. You know, like that's what I'm saying. Well, it's it, a phenomenal shot. It was 18. And, and then they look at him and he looks at his caddy. And he went, it was one bounce too short. Because it was, he had to basically probably make that to tie. There was another story. This dude, Chris Kirk, had been had been on uh, medical, like an exemption, basically. He quit because of alcohol and injuries, but mainly because of alcohol. And he had to finish tied for third or better to get his car today, or he was out of the exemption, and he finished tied for second. Wow. That's... Think about that. And he knew that coming today. He shot 65. I mean, that, is, that is Andy Reid-level guts. Yeah, that's impressive. I st- Andy, I still think Andy's, insane. It was cool. It was borderline nuts. Maybe Andy, maybe Andy, unlike us, is like, I'm not giving Baker the football with two minutes with a minute and a half left. No way. Yeah, I, he probably the right. No, but to me, not the, four, the, the third and fourteen throwing the ball. Yeah, but he. How many coach? How many coaches throw at third guy, and fourteen? He, knew, he, tried, oh. he trusted Handy to pull it down and run. Did you trust Haney after that pick earlier no, that's in the what game? He was like, Chad, was that don't Carl throw Joseph? Did you throw it down and run? We're gonna clear. We're gonna clear out the secondary, and you're gonna make a break for it. You notice there's a decent amount of Reggie McKenzie guys playing on different teams. You just watch a game on a Sunday, like whack when the regular season was going on. You're like, oh, the TJ Carey, oh, Carl oh, Joseph, there's this guy, there's this guy, and they're just they're not on like the Jags. They're like, oh, this guy's on the Colts. Oh, this guy's on the Browns. Like they play on playoff Reggie? teams. Reggie made some good. Reggie made some solid picks, man. Yeah, I think he's uh, bad ones, but they all do. I think he's I think he's on the Dolphins staff, maybe. Life's good. Enjoy Reggie. And Jack and Jack is active sometimes. You can always tell when he's like not working, he'll be at home just start, he'll just start Wait, firing off. Yeah, like he didn't, then he got a job. Then he when he lost the Raider job, he got active on Twitter. He hasn't been able to give it up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't blame him. We all got takes. All right. On that note, 
Okay, later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.